I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day? And how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to the Breakfast Translation. We've got Pop-Tarts. We do. Uh, we're going to try something. We're going to see if this is... <laughs> I, I think it's mostly just fun for us. If For people listening, I don't know if the description of Pop-Tarts is exciting, but maybe it will help them to be good consumers. If you want to pause it here and run out and grab, yeah, if you want to play along, some pop tarts, go grab some pop tarts. I think I'm also like, we don't have any sponsored. Nobody gives us money to do this, so they maybe, can maybe they... recording, <laughs> recording the pop tart, pop tart sponsorship here. Yeah, um, I don't know if they're in the podcast game. They should be in the podcast game because their name pop. They could be they're pop tarts. Oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, America or anybody listening. I'm sorry. But here's what we're gonna do. We have a few different flavors of pop tarts that are supposed to taste like other things, because this is at its heart a breakfast podcast. Um, breakfast is kind of our entry into the biblical story. So we're gonna we're gonna just do some breakfast research here, yes. and we're gonna see how much these things that are supposed to taste like other things do. And we should say this is an important science because we're very into science here. We are very. <laughs> the scientific method. Yeah. Very into the scientific we method. We should, like if there was notes, you know, like if we were handing this over as a report or if we were doing like one of those kids science reports where we had like a the trifold. <laughs> Did you do a science project where you had like the trifold poster board? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we would have to say that we don't have a toaster. Yes, no toaster. So we are at a disadvantage. We may not be getting the truest essence of the Pop-Tart. So if you replicate our experiment. Yeah. Let's start with the, the thing that's supposed to taste like a cinnamon roll. Okay. So that's this one. And we'll use, let's use a one to five scale. So on a scale from one to five, how much does the cinnamon roll Pop-Tart taste like a, taste like a. I am excited. Tastes like a Pop-Tart. You go first. Okay. One to five scale. One to five scale. What do you think? 4.3. Oh, that's I feel good about it. <laughs> I feel good about it. I you am an optimist, though, and I'm hungry. I feel like that's pretty kind. I'd go maybe maybe a 2.5. <laughs> I don't. I really like cinnamon rolls. And I feel like if I was craving a cinnamon roll, that would not be a worthy substitute. I... Really enjoyed it. Okay, for good. its cinnamon roll. All right, flavor. Well, what, where where was it lacking for you? Mostly in the in the cinnamon part, <laughs> and in the and in the icing part. But you know, that's true. It could use some more icing. I'm nervous that my hunger is going to make me too generous right now. <laughs> that is the that is part of the scientific method, also. Okay, so this is supposed to take like a hot fudge sundae. So you go first. So we're not chewing at the same time. Okay. So you go first. Give it, give it a roll around on your palate. Scientific method, mm -hmm. two bites. What do you think? I give this one 
a, a 3.6, a very lukewarm answer. I could taste the hot fudge and um, the vanilla ice cream component, but in the at the end of the day, it's a Pop-Tart. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go a little higher than the cinnamon roll. I think I would give it a 3.5. Okay, so but our score ended up about the same. I'm realizing as I eat it that temperature is actually a large part of the joy of the hot fudge sundae. Right. The contrast of the cold ice cream and the hot fudge right. is an important element. I feel guilty, though, because I feel like they're doing really well for the... Yeah. The textures that they have to work within. Yeah. All right. So shout out. So they'll, they'll like that when they sponsor us. They'll like that you said that. <laughs> so this next one is a, is a frosted chocolate chip. So it's supposed to taste like a chocolate chip cookie, I'm guessing. So go for it. Swish it around mm-hmm. like a fine wine. What do you say? One to five. I give this one a four. I think it tastes like a Pop-Tart chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a thing going around the internet a couple weeks ago about chocolate chipless cookies, (laughs) where it's like just all the elements of a chocolate chip cookie without the chocolate chips. Which is different from a sugar cookie. Yeah. Yes. Because it's got all the brown sugar added into it. Mm. I feel like that is the, that captures that a little bit. That's what's going on. I'd give it a four though. I think it's the, it, it, it's filling out. It's fulfilling the most promises yeah. of the Pop-Tart box. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that's valuable research to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, I we've used Pop-Tarts a little bit to like capture what kind of people. Have you had Pop-Tart phases of your life? I have. Yeah. yeah. I, I love a Pop-Tart. So I feel like they're especially traveling. It's like, they're like a gas station breakfast. Yeah. They're, they're a quality, you know what you're getting. Do you have a favorite of the traditional Pop-Tart flavors? I used to really love the brown sugar cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're special. And, but I also like the cookies and cream. It has mm-hmm. like, a, like a breakfast dessert. Breakfast dessert. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I do think there, there is like a youthful thing. So sometimes if I want to feel young, mm-hmm. like I'll try a Pop-Tart and be like, how did life used to feel? Watch some Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Um, Although recently I watched, have you seen Encanto? Yes. Yes. Uh, so what, did you, what did you think? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, so I, Saturday mornings, I like to still kind of, if I have a free Saturday morning, I like to just do animation. So like take in a cartoon story. I, I love that. So habit. I had, I made actual cinnamon rolls and like had everything like laid out for just a, like a youthful Saturday morning. And I hit play on Encanto. <laughs> and, and you were hit with some emotional Yeah, and then I just started like weeping because it's all about like deep family wounds and, and calling. And, oh, wow. and yeah. Didn't they nail it though? The complexity and the beauty yeah. and the healing that comes in Encanto. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was just, yeah, just sobbing over my, over my cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, it was a challenging, challenging breakfast, but I highly recommend Encanto. It also has the songs or bops. It's fun. It's got it all the fun. goodness you expect. The animation, of course, is gorgeous, too. Yeah, but it will also rip your heart out yes. and make you stare at all your deepest wounds. Yes. So, yeah, so, yeah. make you call around. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> make some apologies, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely watch it like before your next like big family meal, <laughs> and you'll go in with a, with a more graceful heart, yeah. I think. Um, or like if you have grandparents who really make you upset, just make them watch Encanto and repent. <laughs> <laughs> I think is the is, I think is Disney's is. Uh, actual agenda: yeah. is get grandparents to repent. 
causing all the family wounds. Right. So, uh, speaking of wounds, there you go. There's, there's our segue. <laughs> oh, here's our segue. <laughs> From a Pop-Tart taste test to uh, Jesus healing a crippled woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually one of my, we've talked about favorite Jesus stories because we're going through the book of Luke. This is one of my one of my favorite Jesus stories. Oh, yeah. And again, this is kind of like our last episode. We just looked at a small snippet, this little moment of hospitality between Jesus and some of his friends. This is a, a smaller healing story. But it's like a lot of these stories. It's like the story that's on the page. But there's so much more to it if you let it breathe a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear you say that it's one of your favorites because it's definitely one of the stories where when I was reading it for the first time, I'm like, and another healing. And right. yeah. what happens next? <laughs> yeah. I think the the language of this, I don't think I don't think Luke is being careless with the words he says. I think he says everything on purpose in this passage. And so we have several um, chapters where it's just Jesus teaching. It's, it's Luke's version of some of the material that Matthew calls the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but then shortly after all these, these big giant things Jesus says about the world, it says he was teaching and a woman approached him with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 uh, years, which is a long time uh, to be wounded. I always, when I imagine her, I imagine her as n- never really being able to look up at the sky Mm. has somebody who because she probably didn't travel very far she knew where every rock was in the road because all she did was look down Mm -hmm. um so she never really in maybe been a while since she'd seen a sunrise or a sunset um and it says uh that she was bent over and she was unable to stand up straight and when jesus saw her he called her over and said woman You are set free from your ailment. And when he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and she began praising God. And again, like you're saying, it just one more healing story. Maybe, maybe there's nothing, nothing special to see there. But I always think if Jesus has any poet in him, Mm -hmm. there's their lasting meaning to this story. Um, I think we've talked kind of generically, but, but also specifically sometimes about the role of women in this society. Um, their physical health was not a huge concern to very many people. They were not seen as super valuable since they couldn't perform labor. Is that right? right? So, I mean, their value was really just in the, in the family sphere. Um, and we don't even get any of that information. We don't know if she's a mother or wife or grandmother. We don't know anything about that, about her. Um, and so her healing or her health is really just about her quality of life. Mm. Um, but also that language that it says it is a spirit that has been crippling her. Um, and this is something that happens in a lot of the gospels is this language that disease or ailments or, um, physical struggles are connected to something spiritual. And sometimes when we see that in the story, I think we're thinking that it's like an archaic way of thinking about a, a body. Right. It sounds medieval. Yeah. Voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. That they, you know, we, if it says that a, a child had demons, maybe they actually had some, something that we would understand now as a, as a disease or mm-hmm. would have like a chemical problem in their brain, like things that we understand scientifically in a different way now. Um, 
But it's also like a very advanced way of understanding what it is to be a person. Right. Because I think we're learning more and more all the time about how physical health is connected to spiritual and emotional health and brain health even. Mm-hmm. So the things that we might have categorized has this is this is your body, but this is your your mental health or your emotional health and how those can play off of each other. Um, so her illness and her healing are both about more than her back, right? They're about who she is as a person. And so I think, again, it's important that he, he tells her you are set free. And if you think about that on a bigger level than just her story, if you, if we see ourselves in her at all, has being bent over, has being less than, has being not valuable, has being unable to see the sun and stand up straight, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm a tall girl. So as a tall girl, you end up hunched over a lot. How to make yourself small. Yeah. And you, you're you supposed to fit in the pictures and you're supposed to fit next to the, the boys who are not as tall as you. Mm. And you're almost supposed to kind of play small. And I think there's a lot of ways that all of us do that sometimes just to play smaller than who we are. Right. Um, and so he sets her free. And so I think there's, I don't think Jesus or Luke are being careless with this language. Um, I think you could read into this that uh, Jesus values women uh, and wants them to be free from whatever might cause them to play smaller than they are. Um, And this riles up the religious powers, right? We know this is about more than just this one woman because it ends up upsetting the people around it. They, they get indignant and they're bothered by the, the timing of the healing, Mm. uh, that it happens on the Sabbath. They're bothered about that. Um, but I like to just imagine her has their kind of fighting in the background, like her just walking away. (laughs) She's like, I got a sunset to look at, you know? And stand up straight. Yeah. She just lets that happen behind her healed back, you know? Um, so I guess there's a lot of ways we could talk about this, but, uh, you know, we could, let's just talk about, have you ever had anything like that where you would say it was something wrong with you physically, but you could, you could see it connected to other things like an emotional or mental struggle. Right. Have you ever had that? I feel like that's always the case to a certain extent, but especially with feelings of anxiety, I carry it in pain in my shoulders, tightening oh, yeah. of the chest, you know, yeah. eye twitches. <laughs> it's all, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so linked. Um, stomach pain. It's all, it's all one in the same. Yeah. I have that. It's, it's always my left. It's always my left shoulder every once in a while to just be like, you have not loosened this shoulder in days, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I have had, you know, we were just talking before we got on the mics while we were pre pre testing the pop tarts. Uh, like I've had a, a stressful few years mm-hmm. uh, of caretaking uh, for my parents and then grieving my parents. And just recently, this was, it was two years ago, they died in 2020, but just recently, I feel like my body is like, Hey, <laughs> We've been through some stuff and we need you to just slow down and recognize that. Uh, And I've had, you know, hip pain and I've had foot pain and then just all these things, the shoulder pain comes back every once in a while. And I feel like it is my body going, you were flying high on adrenaline and we got you through a lot. And now we need time to to take care of yourself. Yeah. Slow down a little bit. So um, I think this is as much as it on a certain uh, sound is archaic. It's also progressive that Jesus would have understand how matter works. Um, that there would have, could have been spiritual elements that were keeping her to where she could only see the ground and not the sky. 
Um, and so I love that Jesus's words are enough to help her stand up taller. It also makes me think the other layer of this is just is not necessarily oppression doesn't have to be that overt, but it's also just the way that somebody else's words can make you stand taller. Right. Absolutely. Or can set you free. Uh, so do you have any first thoughts on that? Like, have you ever had somebody do that for you? What? Cause it's essentially a blessing. Right. You know what Someone... I mean? I feel like that's a, that's a phrase we don't use enough of is that a lot of what Jesus does, it's not just the healing, it's the blessing. It's like saying good words over somebody. Right. Um, do you, have you ever had anybody do that for you? Yeah. Especially if it comes from somebody you trust, I think that has so much power. You can walk crippled almost like yeah. bent over and then somebody gives you a word of encouragement it makes you feel like you can handle whatever's going on in the classroom or on the field or yeah I think that it's been huge in my in my growth yeah and you've had a ton of like coaches voices in your ears in your running career right. and all that for stuff. better yeah. or for worse and yeah. it just really can can be something that keeps you moving yeah I um I have in my head uh you know we also know from science that negative stuff sticks in our brain oh easier right so she's probably heard taunting um for her condition and it's harder to remember the good stuff i when i was trying to think of an answer to this because i do think i i have that those sort of hidden blessings that i can't even if somebody asked me what has anybody said specifically like i can't recall it but i have that same thing of like for me it was the especially my college and seminary life in tennessee just people who like offered me blessings. Like you should be a person who stands up straight. You should be a person who doesn't pay as much attention to the rocks on the ground as the sky and sky. Um, and even when I can't recall the exact things they've said to me, it still lives somewhere inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that more than once I've had a day where I have to like straighten myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and like let the work of God uh, help me walk a little, a little taller. Um, I think it also reminds us of that we could be that for other people, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So there might be people who have, have just grown accustomed to only looking at the ground and that has had a hold on them for a very long time. Um, so maybe the, the call for us to be people who encourage, who bless other people. Yeah. So, um, that's maybe our, our breakfast invitation here. Uh, as we think about how we start our days, it might be with remembering the blessings on us and with remembering that we have that opportunity in front of us to help other people stand taller. So that's a little story. I think it's just as so true with the Jesus stories that there's, they, they all have layers, um, like a pop tart. (laughs) Um, they all have, you know, at least three layers to them. Right. It's not just another healing story. That's right. It's, it's working on several levels. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Translation.